Hey there, and welcome to Drunk Distory Presents The Dark Ride, a fun Disney Parks-themed game show with zero prizes and lots of drinking. If you're a returning listener, thanks for coming back. If you're new here, welcome. My name is Adrian. I'm here with my co-host, Ryan. We are two people who love theme parks and started this podcast so we can drink all about Disney and other theme parks with fellow theme parks-loving fans, just like you. Today, we're headed back down to the Virtual Tavern to wax poetic on... All things theme parks. These are chill episodes where we turn down the house lights, enjoy a beer or a glass of wine, which we're doing today, with our by ourselves or with a guest. And usually if I mention that we have a guest in these intros, we do because if we didn't, that would be mean. Yeah, that'd be weird. That would be, yeah, um, we'd have to close down shop. The beer or the wine is the hourglass on these episodes because when it's done, so are we. So let's head up to the bar, grab some drinks, and we'll be right back. It was a busy bar today. I love those bar sounds. Yeah. I like that it's like real ambiance tonight. Like the lights are kind of low. It's kind of chill. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we're freezing. We're in New York and we're, we're freezing in this bar. It's Yeah, this is a cold bar. It's a cold bar, but luckily it's a virtual tavern. So we might yeah, be freezing. So no excuse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We the might be freezing. Is that heating makes sound. <laughs> That's the excuse. Right. We had to turn off the heaters because <laughs> they're very loud. So we literally have throw blankets and Ryan has a ski hat. Mm-hmm. Um, well, we might be cold, but our guest today is not. Red hat. <laughs> well, he is very handsome, um, but he's also very warm because he's in Central Florida. We would love to welcome Josh Rosenblum to the show. Hey, Hi, Josh. Everybody. Josh, I'm so excited Hi. you're here. Yeah, me too. Thanks for asking me to come. You're one of my favorite people that I met on TikTok, and I just love how real and raw you are. And you're not, you're not, you're, you don't feel like anyone's bought your opinion yet. So you just let it go. She's not even faking it. Like, like I remember after she spent like the first significant amount of time with your, with you, she came back and she was like, I met this cool guy named Josh and we went on one ride together because, <laughs> because that's what he does. He just goes and he does one ride and then leaves. You told me that you go to Magic <laughs> Kingdom true. once or twice a year and you just go on Haunted Mansion and you left. It's, yeah. And I was true. like, I, I had seen William earlier that day and I suffered through a ride with him uh, <laughs> because it was Magic Kingdom. So it was a suffering moment for me. And yeah. then, I knew you were there and you were live constantly. So I was like stalking you. And I was like, if I don't find her in 20 minutes, I'm leaving. Like, fuck this place. And then there you were right there. So you found me uh, like jamming in a parade. Like, just like, there's no no other way to be. Most importantly, you were going to a ride I actually care about. So I was like, all right, let's do it. Yeah. Yeah. And I I really loved riding that ride with you. That's one of the only rides I've ridden with Ryan as well. So I seem to go in the Haunted Mansion with a lot of people. All the um, people you care about. All the though. people I care about. So yes. you haven't been on it with her, then you then, know. Then you, you know you're not in the MySpace top eight. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I want to tell people who Josh is because yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I know oh, who he great. is, and I just got excited. But so Josh is a Central Florida local who works in one of the area theme parks. We'll find out in a minute what that is. Um, you can find him on TikTok at Josh Rosenblum. That's J O S H R O S E N B L U M. Uh, he'll be there giving his opinions and reviews on things in the theme parks that he's seeing and foods and drinks that he's tasting. And like I said, that's how we became friends. Did I, did I, yeah, did I put a, a nice bow on it, Josh? That's correct. I think it's always so funny when people tell my handle or I have to tell people like my TikTok handle or my Instagram or anything. 
because it's, it's just my name, guys. It's real easy. Yeah. And everyone's shocked. They're just like, what? Because nobody can get their better? nobody can get their name. I mean, as, most as people. Are, <laughs> yeah, most people are like you know, like if you were like Disney Prince Josh twelve, then like I would get it. But uh... so as, I think I think that's really telling actually that uh, about Adrian how you you just described me as like really real. It's like yeah, like I don't have a cute name. It's just my name. <laughs> You're not magically Josh or Disney no, with Josh. I'm not magically anything. Um, <laughs> We don't have we you and I don't have those kind of basic names that we see a lot on TikTok. Yeah, I mean you've got drunk history, which is great. Um, I wish I'd thought of it. If I thought of it, I would have. It, it was a joint effort between Ryan and I, and then I, I commandeered it on TikTok. <laughs> this is true, <laughs> and it happened by talking Disney at a bar. And yeah, that's you know now over a hundred episodes later. I, I think. think we were like, it sounds like we're like drunk history, and they were like drunk history. Exactly, exactly. Boom, perfection. Um, so Rush, J- Rush. Oh, this is gonna be trouble. <laughs> All right, guys, we are, we are one drink wait, down. Okay, what? but I'll be honest, I I. Have had a little bit of wine before we started and then and we're drinking wine today normally we drink a beer on this episodes but we're all drinking wine yeah we're fancy today and wine makes me giggly (laughs) um so josh not rush (laughs) josh you are originally from arlington virginia and Um, when did you move to orlando yeah i'm originally from uh fairfax station virginia and Mm. i um which is so close to arlington it's fine uh and then i after college i moved to Arlington, Virginia, and I moved to Orlando in 2019, September. It was supposed to be August, but there were hurricanes and stuff, so uh, oh. I took the auto train and schedules. They were being very cautious, so it took me till very late September uh, to move. Yeah. So, what was the yes. reason that you decided to move? Did you always want to move to Orlando? Ah, so that's that's a loaded question. The answer is... I didn't always want to move to Orlando. I have been told my entire life (laughs) that I should live in Florida because I get cold when it's 70 degrees. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) fair, fair. Okay. Um, I I thought it was for a whole other reason. I thought you were going down a darker road. (laughs) I was like, oh God. No, 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 no. I like to wrestle gators. (laughs) (laughs) No. Uh, And and of course, the love of Disney and theme parks and amusement parks in general. Um, So we were like, just move to Florida, move to Florida, move to Florida. And I uh, didn't take it seriously. And then I did a series of vacations all like in a row, um, including one. where I was chaperoning for the school trip at the school that I taught at at the time. And it was Disney. And I was like, oh, you know what? Like, I, this is really genuinely my happy place. And I would love to be able to be here more often. Yeah. And yeah, the weather's great. And my parents moved to Boca, like the stereotypical Jews that they are. Um, and it sort of that sort of settled it for me. I was like, great, they're there. They're going to eventually get rid of their house in Virginia. Like, I should just be closer to them, to family. Yeah, that works. Fine. That, that totally is, works, and you great. get to be in your happy place. So, yeah, yeah, yeah totally. I yeah. like that. I relate to that more than you know, and that I'm willing to admit on this <laughs> episode of the podcast. So, <laughs> I don't know why you're hiding your freak flag now. It's been out waving forever. So, <laughs> so okay, so. Oh, by the way, my parents, um, well, they're snowbirds in Naples, right across from Boga. So it's very, oh. also very uh, stereotypical 
Snowbirds? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, snowbirds. I get them confused between snowbirds and snow, snow bunnies. Snow tires, yeah. Snow tires. Snow yeah, my parents are not snow tires. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, so they're snow retired. Oh. Snow, oh, that's really cute. They are. They're yeah. snow retired. I'm very clever. Um, so, okay, so you currently, you have a, a role at Universal. Um, it, mm. <laughs> Is a role the right word? Is that what, like a... I mean, I currently... Currently, I'm not employed by Universal. I'm a seasonal employee, which means that I work for seasonal events, and my ID will stay valid. Like my like employment stays valid for six months after the event ends, so I can get into the parks and get discounts and all that stuff. Um, but I'm not currently working unless they hopefully call me for Mardi Gras soon. Um, I just finished the holiday season uh, on January second, and before that, I did. Halloween Horror Nights that ended on the 31st of October. When you work uh, the Horror Nights, is is everybody yeah. is like everybody that works Horror Nights like considered a like a a cast member or what uh, what's the equivalent in Yeah, Universal? so at Universal we're team, team members. Team members, sorry. I should and... know that. I'm I'm fucking embarrassed right now. Um, but but like so like I mean I know they bring in a ton of extra help for Horror Nights yes. because there's so many scare actors and everything like that. So yes, but everybody, including third party, like if you go to the restaurants at City Walk and like you have a server or something, every single person that works on Universal property is considered a team member, which is great. Oh, that's there's incredible. different levels. Yeah, there's different levels of it. Sort of like uh, there's seasonal, there's part time, there's casual, there's I don't know, there, it's complicated. But I want to be um, a casual team member in everything. Yeah. yeah. Like, I'm a casual team member. <laughs> Everything in my life. Yeah. Like, casual, I'm pretty sure casual is what they call part-time, but I don't I don't know. It's not something I've had to deal with. Um, but yeah, any, anyone who works on Universal property, including the Lowe's resorts, cool. they are all team members. So do you want to be like, a, do you want to work full-time at Universal or do you like being seasonal? Um, that's a good question. I... I like consistency, so full time is always great. Problem is, there's no, like, not none, but it's hard to get a full time entertainment position at Universal, right? Um, and they, and have, I mean, they have so much entertainment. I was there uh, in, in December, and it was like in comparison between any of the Disney parks and Universal, it was like unbelievable every like you turned around right and there was a live that. show and then you turned like to the next direction and there was another live show everywhere yeah. you looked it was in, it, like on a half an hour rolling bit clock it was that's insane. amazing it is really crazy how much entertainment is at universal and what's worse i guess or what's even crazier is i didn't realize that until i was working the holiday season and was really like because Horror Nights is its own thing. It's after the park closes. You don't really interact with the other entertainment. But when I was there during the day, I was like, oh, there, there's so much. There's so much, in fact, that we have seasonal shows that are scheduled and overlap with the regular shows because there's not enough time to stagger them all so they don't overlap. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Like, close enough that you can hear them. So, like, the Beat Builders and um, the Blues Brothers and then whatever was happening seasonally at the Macy's building in New York, they would all like sort of overlap. They'd be very close or overlapping. Um, it was insane. Did you get to see Mannheim Steamroller? 
Uh, I got to hear Mannheim Steamroller. I chose not to go into the giant <laughs> crowd during a COVID surge. Right. Yeah, um, COVID. But uh, but yeah, they they were good. They were apparently very very chill. Like we saw them. They had a break space right next to us, so like we. We so what does the getting ready sit, like situation look like when you're a scare actor? Is it just like a million people just all putting on makeup and everybody's like... Just like ripping butts and taking shots I'm, out of their fl- flask. And like, <laughs> That's how people view you, Universal. It's just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. like, like mayhem back there. Like a, bunch of people, a bunch of people like, like I don't know, like shooting Somebody's up. making tattoos. Somebody's doing tattoos yeah, somebody's in the doing corner. tattoos in the okay, corner. so... I, There's a guy with a saying, knife in his mouth. I don't know why. It's not. A, it's he's not part of the thing. But don't make eye contact. <laughs> don't make. His name I is, have a very serious answer for this, and then I have a and I have a joking answer for this. The joking answer is like, yes, you just described it. That's it. People are like on all the drugs and doing all the crazy things, and like everyone's insane and has dyed like dyed hair and tattoos, and they just want to like go crazy every night. But that's mostly not true. Um, the really interesting thing is that basically every house, right? There's a dozen or so houses every year. Yeah. Um, They are separated out into different spaces. And sometimes you'll have a house that, uh, like breaks alone, but very rarely. So usually it's like two or three houses all break together, like have the same break space and chill space and that also means they share a costume and makeup space. So, for example, um, Bride of Frankenstein this this past year, the 2021 Horror Nights, Bride of Frankenstein, um, Texas Chainsaw, and the Icons house were all right next to each other. Uh, in fact, Brides and Texas were in the same building, like the actual haunted house were in the same building. It's crazy. Uh, and they all shared one giant break space and they all shared makeup and costume facilities next to that. And I was in Beetlejuice and we were across the way, just like right across from Hill House. So we shared costume and makeup facilities um, with those people as well. And I didn't know this until I worked the event for the first time this year that different houses open earlier than others. So if it's like a big deal house, like the ones I just listed, they opened at event opening. But some of the smaller, like the ones people wouldn't necessarily line up for ahead of time, like um, Case Files was one this past year. Like the the smaller, like, I don't know, pe- things people don't care as much about, which is terrible to say, but like, it's true. Yeah, because I've they never heard of Case Files. I don't. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like a procedural drama. That's yeah. what it sounds like. It's like I just hear like doom doom doom, yeah. doom like that type of like in my mind and I'm like, oh no, I, I don't. Dun, dun. Yeah. Um, you're not tones. wrong. You're not wrong. Yeah. Apparently, I don't know enough about it to really speak to it because I'm not a huge horror nights nerd, but apparently it is uh it's like the culmination of years and years of this same character showing up after horror nights after horror nights like finding creatures and stuff. So it was finally like this character got his own house. Oh, so it's for, um, it's for horror night nerds. Yeah. I mean this, this past year was a big deal because it was the anniversary, 30 years, 30 years. Can't believe that's um, been going on for 30 years. That's amazing. Crazy. I well, I mean the, right. the whole place opened up like 30 years ago. So it's just like right out the gate. They were like, we're going to freak people out. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. I think they were doing it in Hollywood before. Yeah. 
So, Josh, does somebody have to like check your makeup and everything before you went into? Yeah, like like how like how early do you have to get there? Because like I've done I... I've done like local haunts before, like local <laughs> like where I was a scare actor, and it's a it's a it's a blast. It's super fun. But I had like kind of like a weird case where like I. I was like, uh, I knew the owner, so like I was just kind of like a friend, you just show up, just whenever. showing up, and like so you're you know, the guy that shows up with a knife in his in his yeah, mouth, and, oh, right. and like just chased <laughs> down people and stole and stole scare actors' scares, and they got super mad at us oh. for like scaring for like taking their scares away. Oh. I guess it's like you know, at least in Rhode Island, it's like big, you know, so like scare this is, this scare is, my, is a this noun, is yeah. okay. Um, but anyways, like we didn't have to show up early at all, but it still took like time to like you know put on our gear and you know put makeup on or whatever. Uh, I'm guessing with all of those hundreds of people that they're doing it with, you have to probably show up like pretty early. Um, yes. I'm going to have to like click through my calendar real quick to try to remember what my call time was. Cause I don't remember call time. Um, I wish my wow. job was called that. It's just called like, get here now or you're fired. Well, you're riding the movies there. So, I mean like, you're you know, riding you movies and you need your call you know, time. Yeah. They need to have a, well, you know, call, call, a beach, call time a is a standard thing for performing. Like if you have yeah. a show to do, you have a call time ahead of it. So my call time was 4.45. The event started, I think, at 6 or 6.30. Is that right? Oh, so that's, I don't know. that's not crazy. That's pretty quick. Well, then they don't no. have to pay you. Like, if, if they called you at 3, then they have to pay everyone an extra hour. Yeah. Right. But, like, to put so, makeup on, like, would you have to put your own makeup on, or would they have pros that were doing you, it? Uh, they had pros that were doing it. Now, I... Honestly, like, I'm not sure if I'll get in trouble for this. Okay, then don't say Dude, we have, like, not not enough of a listenership where you're going to get in trouble. You're fine. (laughs) I'll say it because it's funny and it already happened and what are they going to do? But I mentioned earlier I was in Beetlejuice and uh, we shared everything with Hill House, right? Hill House from Netflix Mm -hmm. and Beetlejuice from, you know, Geffen, et cetera. Uh, Warner Brothers. So... (sighs) Spill the I, tea. Spill the uh, tea. Do it. I was I was portraying the janitor character from Beetlejuice, which if you don't remember or recognize, correct. You, it's not a memorable <laughs> character. Wait a minute. I, I might know who it is. is. Was he in the long hallway? Yes. When they, yeah. I know Beetlejuice like the back of my hand. Yeah. Oh, wait. What's that? So... <laughs> Yeah, I remember the. I know who he is. He's in the hallway. Yeah, for those he's just one of, listening, he's one Adrian of looked at the back of her hand. <laughs> yeah, sorry, oh, oh, I forget. Look, I'm not that? on call right now. Sorry. Um, he's one of the very few characters with lines in the movie. There are very few characters with lines in that movie, which is how it was a low budget film for all of its grandeur. Yeah, right? it's amazing. Um, so he has one line of dialogue essentially. And that was my trigger, as we call it. So you hit a thing and it plays the audio when you're scaring people. And my trigger was like 11 or 12 seconds long, which is so long for a scare. It's not scary. Anyway, the point is this character, Janitor, wore like a button down, you know, off white shirt and a vest and a headley, like a brown yeah a brown a brown henley under that it was very casual and then like khaki pants right and there's a character in hill house who dresses very similar to that so i would go into makeup and i would tell people when they asked what character i was and what house like i'm the janitor in beetlejuice and inevitably i would get hill house makeup so the difference between Beetlejuice and Hill House makeup was Hill House was lots of like 
dark veins and like the skin was cracking apart and you know oozing and gross and Beetlejuice is that very stylized Tim Burton sort of thing like dark sunken eyes and lots of shading you know so like sunken cheeks and all of that so every day I would come out without having there were no mirrors so I would leave the makeup chair and I would go to one of my leaders and I would say well <laughs> they would tell they would either like put their hand down and shake their head and go uh when I was Hill House or they'd be like great good like when I was when I got Beetlejuice makeup and I was like super I love this um and it was so much so that it took a couple weeks for some of our leaders to understand that I was in Beetlejuice and not in Hill House because we shared a break space which meant when we went to go to our scares, we were all in one space to begin with, and then we would separate. So they were, we would line up, and they would be like, "Wait, why is he over there?" He's you should have, really you should have found the dude from Hill House and done done like a like a parent trap switch. We one hundred percent talked about it. We did, but it's that's a very fireable offense. Okay, so we're not, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna move off that because we have more way more to talk to you about. But I I love yeah, hearing all about. I love hearing all about uh, Halloween Horror Night, so um, I will ask you a lot of questions offline. Um, now, one other thing I want to touch on before we get into to drinking. You auditioned to be some face characters at, at Disney, right? Um, I have auditioned to be in Finding Nemo, uh, puppeteering, and a couple animated characters, but no face characters yet. Oh, no face characters. Okay. Yeah. I'm too short to be a face character. Oh, yeah. I remember you telling me this. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm 5'8", which means I'm an inch below Prince height. This is bullshit, man. Ryan, I'm 5'8", I'm, 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 I'm too. <laughs> oh, I could be a Disney prince. I'm 5'10". Man, Sorry. Yeah, fuck, fuck you. you fuck you, Adrian. This, Other than this Marina, height of society. I can't be a princess. No, I can't. Uh, Jessica Tremaine Talk told me, because she's also 5'10". She's like, the only yeah. role you can be at 5'10". Is Tigger? <laughs> I was like, "Wait, are you kidding?" She's like, "Yeah, they they actually f- like fudged my score and said that I was like five eight and put me as Lady Tremaine." But I'm you at five ten. You can only be Tigger. You're too like short I- to be Buzz, but you're too tall to be anything else. So they'll anyone that's five ten gets Tigger. I feel like Lady Tremaine yeah. is like perfect for five ten. Like you know, right? like a towering. She feels a little yeah yeah. So Jessica's five ten too. You know, yeah, like- the, she got it, but they they really don't. and she's also was able to do like a. Uh, Buzz Lightyear and uh, a couple yeah. others. Pluto. So that that's something I've heard repeatedly, which is, um, you apply anyway, like go anyway. Now this is all coming from people from before the pin, panini. Yeah, the um, panini raid. Because now with the digital online submissions, what I understand from some friends in casting is the computer sorts you by the details you put into like your profile. Computer so if I say five eight <clears throat> yeah. Seriously. Oh, if shit. I say I'm five eight in which is accurate. Right to in, Slytherin you go. <laughs> it'll the computer says, Oh, you're not eligible and like doesn't even show you to casting people anymore. This you just mentioned Slytherin, and this is something that like All right, we, Slytherins aren't bad. Fine. Fuck you. No, no, I, I, I admit I'm a Slytherin. Aren't you a Slytherin, Josh? No, Ravenclaw. Oh, well, I, 
We'll talk later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now you're going to backtrack. <laughs> oh, I'm actually a Ravenclaw. Josh, every <laughs> single time I take the test, I get Ravenclaw. I'm a self-proclaimed Slytherin. So, well, actually, Ryan gave it to me first, and then I, I took it. Um, Shoe fits. So, but I don't feel like Universal has enough Harry Potter-like entertainment going on. I don't feel like, you know, I think there should be a Lord Voldemort meet and greet. They've yeah, they don't. Four, it, per, four in, permanent shows, and that's it. In general, yeah. in general, Universal does not really do the meet and greet thing. I mean, well, I guess they do it with like the Scooby Doo characters and, and, the, and like uh, the Transformer. Uh, that's such a good one. That's true. Maybe, yeah, maybe. I, I maybe met a right. bunch of characters yeah. pre-pandemic. So, I have tons of pictures at Universal. And somebody Dr. was Seuss? somebody was talking about this the other day um, on at Universal about why you don't get to meet and greet characters, and the answer is because. They want the film version of the characters to be the characters. So you'll never see a Harry Potter in the parks. You'll never see a Hermione. You'll never see a Snape, a Voldemort, anything. Because the actors who portrayed them in the films is that character. So if they can't get that actor to do it, yeah, they, they are just, not going to do it. Just hire Ray, Ray, yeah, Ray I mean, Fines for, you know, yeah, for a little bit. Like, what is Ray Fines doing? Going on, yeah. yeah, Ray Fines, he, I mean, now that that Made in Manhattan is over. Yeah, he's, he's ready. He's got to call him that's up. That's it. <laughs> um, all right. So, uh, Josh, the last time that I was in, both Ryan and I were in Disney World. We hung out yeah. with you at yes. your favorite bar, Abracadab yeah. Bar. Yeah. Um. Is that your favorite bar in all of Walt Disney World? You had a shirt on that said Abracadabra. <laughs> I do. I so it is. I it, it is currently my favorite bar. What other places? Like let's wait, all, wait, wait. Yeah. Why? Why? Because so like I want, I, I wanted it to be my favorite bar. Like be, the first time that I went there, I was like, "This is going to be my favorite bar." And then I went, and then it's not my favorite bar. I I fully appreciate that. Um, and honestly, it might not be mine for a terribly long time either because the answer to your question of why is because of the people. Like, the cast members who work there, worked there in some cases, um, made it a place I wanted to go all the time. Totally, totally. And I did. And, on, like, honestly, when I first moved here and didn't really know anybody and was sort of figuring out what Orlando was about... I went to lots of bars on property and that's the one where kind of nobody gave me any bullshit and was just like honest and friendly and chill. No, that's, that's so, and, that's so true. Like a good bartender can make, uh, it can make a house a home. You know and, what I mean? Like it can make, it can make you yeah. feel like, like that you belong there. Um, and it's, it's yeah. really all the difference in the world. I've had such like similar situations to exactly what you just described being new to a place and you know, I'm not I'm not somebody who's very comfortable going to a bar and drinking by myself or anything like that. And I remember finding this one bar in, you know, right near my work where I could go and like the bartender would never make you feel like lonely. Like they would come and check up on you and like like uh, include you in weird conversations that they were having with like other people across the bar. And like, yeah, it, it makes all the difference in the world, you know, um, and I did get that feel from Abracadabra Bar because it's it doesn't feel like the typical disney like establishment where it's very like what item are you having on the menu specifically only the things on the menu like very like they're very it's a real it's a real cocktail bar that's a real cocktail bar which is like which is refreshing because there's not a ton of them um and and it's got a great theme to it i 
I get upset, not upset. <laughs> I wish that that Abracadabar had the theming that Trader Sam's has. Like there, like you have a magic bar that has no magic in it, and it's like a little bit of a letdown uh, for that point. Ryan, you know there used to be magic in it. <clears throat> sure, be- but like I mean, I went there year one, and like they had already gotten rid of it. You know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, part of the problem was when they had the actual magician inside, um, people would sit and not leave. Mm. And and then teaching some of the simpler tricks, like the card flicking and stuff to the cast members who were the bartenders, proved to be too much time for the money it was worth. So they sure. just... Yeah, but you could like you could pull off like uh you know like Trader Sam's like where there's uh, like an Imagineering style trick that happens, you know, with or without a live magician. Um, and you could have a live magician that just comes in, does one trick, and then you know then leaves for you know twenty minutes. Yeah, and then then you won't have the same kind of like holdover problem of somebody being like, well, I'm gonna wait till he gets to my table to do the trick. Right. So yeah, yeah. but so what so what other rest what other b- places do you guys like drinking at in in Disney World and in Universal. So, uh, at Disney, my other go-to is right across from Africa Bar, and it's Ale and Compass Lounge. And again, that's because of a very specific bartender who I, like, for whatever reason, is almost always there when I go. <laughs> and she has always made me feel very, like, at home and comfortable. And we've had wonderful, like, long conversations uh, she remembered my friend um, who comes in every, you know, like couple of months or so. Like we went for her birthday one time and we came again and she was like, it's not your birthday. Why are you here? And she was, <laughs> I was like, what? The yeah. last time you saw it was like four months ago. It's yeah, amazing. That is so like, amazing. Yeah. Ridiculous. And at Universal, I like um, the bar inside Finnegan's, which is under the Priscilla Hotel for uh, single young ladies awning. Uh, that that bar, yeah, that's a decent bar. It's wonderful, and I, again, I go not very often, actually, to there, and I have bartenders there who don't know my name. Like we're not talky talky friendly because I usually get one to go. But I walk up and they're like, "Hey, you want this, right?" And I'm like, "Yes, you remember that from four weeks ago? Totally. Thank you." Yeah, that's cool. That's really cool. I think something highly underrated at Universal is that Simpsons bar in the park, though. I yeah, I love the Duff Bar. The Duff Bar is great. I love the theming in that, and I love the theming in the burger joint. Yep. Like I, I just oh. like the 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 feeling of of drinking or eating inside of a cartoon. Totally. You mean you mean totally. like the the Duff Bar that's all outside and it's like all four sides you can sit around that Duff Bar or Moe's? Like maybe I think Moe's, Moe's, the one that you can go inside. Okay, that's that's Moe's. Moe's I, yeah. I love I love the Duff Bar because it's Duff beer themed, but it's one of the very few full service bars at Universal. Yeah, so like you can get a cocktail at the Duff beer bar. I love <laughs> and it's it's actually like a pretty nice place to like the Duff Gardens is is a great yeah. place to just sit and like yeah. have a you know a relaxing half an hour beer. It's very and chill like over just there. Chill out. Yeah. I like it over there. And you're right you, on the Ryan? water. Um, I uh, let's see. Okay, so uh, Disney uh, in the parks. I would say probably. Uh, I mean, the Brown Derby has the best cocktails. <gasps> in, the, the Margarita um, Flight is and the so, best value of a drink on property. It's basically three drinks for seventeen dollars. Yeah. Uh, in hotels, um, probably. Uh, 
let's do like a three-way tie. Trader Sam's for the theming. Uh, jelly Rolls for the entertainment uh, at Boardwalk. <laughs> I love, like, I've never gone to Jelly Rolls and had a bad time. It's always a great time. It's, it's a dueling place. piano bar. Yeah. They do charge you to get in. That's kind of a bummer. But uh, but it's a great, it's it's totally worth it. Um, and maybe, is it uh, Geyser Point or Whispering Pines? At uh, at Wilderness Lodge, it's Geyser Point. Oh, Geyser Point, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Those, those are good picks, Ryan. Those yeah, are really love, good picks, Ryan. Yeah, I'm into those. Yeah, and then Universal. Um, shit, man, not many to be honest. Like, there's like a lot of like kind of letdowns uh, for drinking in Universal. Um, I had a pretty good cocktail at uh, like behind Cafusco's or whatever, like behind like. Uh, Confisco's, yeah, yeah, whatever that bar is that's like on the backside of that, like facing the lagoon. Um, I don't know; it's kind of like a hidden little bar. I had a pretty good cocktail there, though. That's cool. Um, yeah, I like the the lounge in the Grand Floridian. I'm not like the biggest Grand Floridian person, but I love that lounge in there. I've always loved to go get a drink in there. Mm. But when it comes to actually drinking in Disney, I love you know I love New Orleans, the place. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I love that you can just walk around with a drink. So for me, my favorite times drinking are in the World Showcase, just walking around with a drink. Like, Oh, for sure. Like I, mean, I, like, I don't really sit down ever at a bar in Disney World, but I'm not, I'm not a local. So it's rare for me to, like, sit down at a bar. So it's, it's always, like, the margaritas and the – now I love the Moonshine Sour at the American Pavilion – is now like top, like maybe the top drink in Epcot, in my opinion. That's that's so good. So I feel like that's that's my vibe. You could do like well, kind of I, like a perfect run of Epcot by doing uh, margaritas at San Hanel Inn, yeah. The um, the sour at the American Pavilion, and then the uh, the apple the apple whiskey at Canada. Canada, just yeah. Do just the loop, the, and that's the trifecta. Yeah, the trifecta. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> North America I mean, trifecta. <laughs> the North America trifecta. <laughs> I'm doing it. You, you got to coin yeah, that. I'm, I'm coining it right now. <laughs> TM, <laughs> TM, trademark. <laughs> the continent. Uh, uh, continental drink. Oh, wait, what? The wait. continent crawl. Ooh, continent crawl. Sorry, <laughs> thinking of crawls um, here. Yeah, I just saw a TikTok about crawls, and, and I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> if you don't know this already, move on. Um, no, but the. <laughs> That's how I feel about most TikToks that are like tips. Like, yeah, oh, the tip is always hilarious. You're always just like, oh, really? Really? You should rope drop if you want to make the most of your day? Really? Great tip. Right. Unfollow. Um, Block. Sorry. <laughs> but talking about Epcot, like Epcot used to have more bars that you could just like go and hang out in, and now it doesn't. So your only option is like take to go. That's and a good hang point. Out. So, it did. Like, there used to be a very large locals crowd that would go. Every weeknight, and especially weekends, to uh, to um, Rose and Crown. Yep. And like, I I had a friend who had his pass pretty exclusively because he lived in Reunion, which is a little development right by Disney, uh, so that he could go to Epcot. 
like every weekend night and go to Rose and Crown and just chill. They used to have an annual pass that was called the Epcot local. It was like after four o'clock. Yeah, it was two hundred dollars for the year to every. You could always enter Epcot after four p.m. The dinner crowd. The dinner crowd. Perfect. I mean, that is like you. you, Anyone could afford that, and you were allowed to pay like on a monthly basis. It was like twelve dollars a month. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, so. I want to talk to you guys about speaking of Epcot. Yep. <laughs> um, yes. <laughs> so uh, we are coming off the heels a couple of weeks ago of the start of Farts Festival of the Arts at Epcot. Ooh, and ouch. She said a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> a week ago. Well, well then this episode when this comes, comes out. out. <laughs> oh, okay. You broke the fourth wall. Don't you know how to be an entertainer? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, this isn't live? <laughs> Yeah, this is we're coming out. This is coming out in um in in February. So, uh, the Festival of the Arts starts, and we all know it was all over the news. The Figment popcorn bucket, a hundred and thirty thousand thousand of them sold on one day. What really? Hundred and thirty thousand of them. Uh, people waited in line upwards of seven hours to get to get these bad boys. Wait, they. I didn't know the numbers involved yeah. with this. All right. In one day, in one park? In one day in Epcot. They sold 130,000? 130,000 figment popcorn buckets. Where do they store these? Where is the mother of dragons and live with all of these freaking popcorn buckets? Like, where? Like this- Dream Finder is rolling over in his fucking grave. This is... That's that absurd. Is, that is true, right? But this that is absurd. But this also speaks to a larger issue of that is very prevalent in Disney in particular, but big theme parks in general. The the big ones are Disney and Universal. Of first culture, where people yeah, people aren't lining up for the Shamu. No, water the Shamu popcorn bucket is still there and available. <laughs> um, <laughs> The <laughs> poor Shamu. That's um, what I'm saying. Poor Shamu. <laughs> Can't get a this, break. It's the Shamu popcorn bucket. The fin is down. Oh, like, it's God. Just, it's just depressing. Um, I love SeaWorld. So we I'm not put gonna, the whale in a smaller bucket. I, I don't like animals in captivity, but I, I used to enjoy SeaWorld. Um, that's why I don't really like Animal Kingdom, which is Josh's favorite park. Um, so I... Okay. So this speaks to first culture, which is something that we... That we you know, that we've heard of. It's a very big thing in the age of the internet with people needing to post an Instagram right away. Mm-hmm. Be the first one to do it because that's the one that's going to go viral. The first or, one to put the TikTok, the first one to post yeah, the YouTube. Even even people commenting on a TikTok and they're, they try and be first and they, they write first. Yeah, they write first under the TikTok. Who, who cares? <laughs> It's it, that's a really good point. That is the the least entertaining piece of content that you could write. <laughs> right is first. Yeah, I think they just want to be seen. Like I think that that it's psychologically that's just speaking to like I I I, I think that I want to start trolling and going to like TikTokers that have very very few followers and writing, and writing first, first <laughs> on everything. You know what, Ryan? I'm. I have very, very few followers compared I'm, to so well, many people. Prepare so. to have a lot of firsts. Yeah, go and <laughs> go to Josh. Josh wait. doesn't have very few. He's he's got a couple thousand. Listen, there's no K in my follower count. So, <laughs> All right. well, there will be soon. Everybody, go follow. Soon. Yeah, <laughs> follow Josh. I've been I've been Josh's cheerleader. I think everyone should follow Josh because you can get an, a real opinion, not like some 
we're talking about first culture, but a lot of times people are trying to play to get that media access so they can be first. Yeah. yeah I mean, that's what it's all about, right? Like, like, let me, uh, pretend that I'm like something that I'm not. Let me pretend that I'm in. Like, you're not even interested. This fucking bucket was ugly. Bucket was ugly. I said that from day one. Yeah, I was like, it's it looked, horrifying. It looked cheap. It doesn't look, look like, like figment. It didn't look like figment. Like, they have every once in a while, like, a nice popcorn bucket. You yeah. have a really cool Oogie Boogie one. They've I do. There's a, a droid cool... one that's out in, in Star Wars that's really cool. Yeah, there's, like, some cool No one ones. cares about it. Yeah. <laughs> they I care mean, about this the figment bucket. The only thing that I'm pumped no one, about. No one cared about the Millennium Falcon one either. And, and, that, and that one's that so one cool. nice. Yeah. The I only, love that one. The only yeah. thing that I'm like I'm pumped about with this is that it shows it might show to Disney that like Figment has a place, it has a home. Uh, you know, like when you go to uh, eventually replace uh, the ride at the Imagination Pavilion, like you know, don't do him dirty. You know, give him give him the proper ride that he deserves. That type of thing. I, I think that like this does maybe like cement his place in Epcot, which is great. <laughs> It's it's an it's still though you go right now the line for the popcorn was seven hours but you can just walk right onto that ride. Yeah 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 I mean like, so, like I'm not I'm not pumped about how it's happening. Yeah. But I am like I'm glad that like if any character was going to have this kind of viral following that it's a character that I like. I think it had this kind of vi- in my opinion the reason it had this kind of viral following is because if it was if it was a um if it I'm trying to think, think if it was. A very if it was a Mirabelle popcorn bucket, I'm trying to think of something very popular right now. Although Mirabelle would do good too. Yeah, that would crush. All right, say it's they, an, like say, made her purse into yeah, a popcorn bucket. It would be great. They, they, they make the Mirabelle's a different story. Okay, I'm gonna go with let's go with Bruno. Frozen. Let's Frozen. not talk about Bruno. We okay, can't talk fine, about him on the fine, podcast fine, 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 or fine, anywhere. Fine. Um, if it was a frozen popcorn bucket, now Frozen's a little dated now too. Like I, I feel like it's not cool. To get the Elsa popcorn bucket, but it seems cool to get this like obscure dragon, and be like, I love Figment. Like they think that gives oh, them, that like makes the, them unique. The, hip, the hipster, the but hipster you're not room. unique if 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 seven hours worth of people are waiting for it. Uh, yeah, agreed. I think I think where it came from actually is that it was a festival exclusive item, whereas most popcorn buckets. Even if they're limited edition, they're not festival exclusive. Like they're limited edition till they run out. Period. At this park, they're not. We will only sell them for however many weeks the festival is. Right. So that was part of it. I think that's what drove the resellers to come and get them. Is is that um, lack of longevity? Like I'm pretty sure, pretty sure that the uh, Millennium Falcon one that we talked about earlier. I think it's limited or like the first version was limited. Right. And then they were like, oh, well, that's popular. Let's keep doing it because it wasn't for an event. Like, People flew terrible. into town for this popcorn bucket. People got on a flight and went to Orlando to get this popcorn bucket. You know, like, so more than two hundred dollars, almost definitely. Right. right. They could have. Sh- they should have used the reseller at that point because it's probably less to use the reseller than because then oh, you're. So, I mean, it's a trip to Disney, so I mean, like, I kind of get it that way. But like, I, I don't, when, if you don't have something nice to say, don't say anything at all. That's like it's it's so fucking absurd 
it's so, <laughs> it's so absurd. All right, don't you don't want? Uh, but like, I don't want. I don't want to like hurt anybody's feelings if you were into the you know this popcorn bucket. But like you've got zero taste, and you you should, <laughs> you should just get the regular fucking popcorn bucket and get a sticker of Figment and put it on. That was anything mean. You've got zero taste. Like, You're I mean, like you lowest know, it's, common denominator. But it's the truth. <clears throat> You know, I mean, so it also apparently came with this rainbow popcorn, right? Yeah. Which I, is it good? Do we even know? Did anybody talk about it? Is it good? I don't know. But I've seen videos of people opening their popcorn, and it's not even rainbow. So at some point, they ran out of rainbow popcorn? <laughs> yeah, well, they weren't expecting it to sell 130,000 buckets of it, man. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, think were, of, think of, well, I mean maybe they the were. Non-rainbow popcorn. The non-rainbow popcorn videos I've seen, people are like, this is gross. This is like the popcorn pops, like uh, lollipops. <laughs> Someone thought the idea of popcorn. <laughs> they made $3,250,000 in one day on popcorn buckets at Epcot. Plus the publicity. The pu- the publicity of this was priceless. This was covered on every news outlet that yeah. Disney people are waiting in line seven hours for a popcorn bucket. Was, you know, like, so you know what's, like, what's fucked up is that it kind of, like, I kind of feel like it gives me and you and Josh, like, a bad name. Like, it makes people like be, di- like, makes people, you know, like, it's already kind of tough enough. Being a Disney adult. Being a Disney adult. <laughs> and then, like. You know, then you have to like go to work, and somebody's like, "Oh, did you see what all these psychos that are just like you did?" <laughs> you're like, well, I feel like I'm constantly. I've been in this phase of my life where I'm constantly defending like my yeah. my Disney love. It's like, oh, they got they're charging for fast passes now. What do you think of that? And I'm like, uh, I've thought about it. I knew about it way before you. First of all, <laughs> I knew it first. <laughs> I, yeah, I knew it first. <laughs> I <knew> it first. <laughs> first culture. <laughs> Josh, as a local though, like, do you, yeah. do you, like, when you go and eat food at the Festival of the Arts, do you feel like, oh, wait, is it even necessary for me to post this on TikTok? Because now it's a couple days later and everyone's already reported about the food. Um, okay. So there's a very good example from this festival, which is Friday, the first day of this festival when everything was going down. Yeah. I had planned to go and I had planned to meet up with some other DizTalk people. Not all of the ones I ended up meeting up with because that was like a lot. But yeah. still, I was like, yeah, you know, I texted like one or two people. I was like, hey, are you going? Oh, you're going to be there. Great. So I was going to go anyway. I was like, hey, first day of the festival. Yeah. My brain did not put it together that it was the first day of the festival. Yeah. On a weekend. Oh, that, that was, was going to be a long shit show. weekend. <laughs> yeah. I heard it was I like. I got there. Yeah. Yeah. I got there and I was like, oh, fuck. Oh. I told people I would say hi. Okay, come say hi. We hang out. Great. So I tried to go and start doing my reviews like I do. I was like, I'm here. I came to eat dinner here. Right. <laughs> like from Festival Booths. What am I going to do? So I went and I found food at the shortest line I could find, which is one of the new booths, which is always the case. You would think it would be opposite, that like the new food would be the one people flock to, to be like, hey, this is new. No, but everyone Let's ran for the sushi it. donut. Yeah, exactly. Everyone, everyone went to the... It's not even good, is it? it I've had it. It's bad. fine. It's it like good. Deli, it's, deli sushi. Yeah, it's fine. It's like supermarket sushi. You're, yeah. you're good. Um, it's in a donut shape. Hooray. And mm. people were lined like out the wazoo for Italy, for China, for everything you can get in every the worst city in this the country. The worst pavilions, yeah. <clears throat> and I was like, what? why? 
But meanwhile, this really good one that I, I'm not going to remember the name of, but the one right before Mexico, uh, it's brand new this year. They had the fish that I reviewed. Oh, yeah, yeah. We've got scallops and like one other thing that all sound good. I'll get all of it at some point. And I was like, oh, why is there no line here? Great. This food sounds delicious. So I got it. Um, and it was good. But in that moment between like parking and walking in and trying to find food, I was like, oh no, I made a terrible mistake. Yeah. <laughs> I came on the first day of a festival that lands on a long weekend. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. And everybody's that's, that's got pill. media access yeah. and they they're there so, and they, they got a card for free food. Yeah, so to answer your question, like lot really answered it last year and even two years ago. No, I have I actually avoided opening weekend of every festival. I was like, no, I'm good. I've got the rest of the weeks. I don't need to do opening day, I don't need to do opening weekend. We're uh, we're kind of losing we're getting you, Josh, a little bit of choppiness, Josh. Oh no! Yeah, but that's okay. Um, I think that you know, like you're right. Like, like uh, I think that it's important for us to like realize the fact that uh, it's it's the quality of the content too. So I mean, like, it doesn't matter that yeah. seventy people have reviewed the you know the fish sandwich already. I want to hear what Josh has to say about it because Josh has interesting things to say about stuff. So. You know, it's. I think it's more important that like quality. Con- I mean, I say it all the time to you, right, Adrian? Like, yeah. Like it's all about the quality content that comes out. Um, you know, uh, it- I, I've done like when I go into town, I will try different restaurants and I will do a TikTok on them. And this is not the opening week of those restaurants, but people will be like, "Oh, thank you so much for posting that." And what I think about it is, and I've heard people say like, well, I'm local, so I have to post it when it's, if I don't post it when it's new, no one cares. And I, I disagree with that for the reason that, and I've talked to you about this, Ryan. People are going at all different times. Also too, though, like if you do, if you try something first, you are almost trying like a beta version of something because they keep improving it. Even seeing things, like if you saw Happily Ever After, the new one, Enchantment. The first night of it, they've tweaked enchantment since then. So yeah, yeah. It's, to, to make it better, to make it, it better, almost yeah. always. The only the only thing that I would say that it is uh, important to go early on, and it doesn't have to be first. Like I think like first day is never you know like nobody knows what the fuck they're doing the first day. Like opening day of anything is a mess. Yeah, but I think that it is important to go like early on to um, to things that are like uh, maybe a little bit uh like like trial and like the the trial and error so like like uh galaxy's edge uh day you know 2 weeks in where they still have like a ton of live characters walking around and there's a lot more of like like a uh, like an atmosphere about the place and a lot of that got pulled back because it wasn't working wasn't working wasn't working so you know you don't have people speaking arabesh anymore like when you're walking around right because it, like they said like oh well this is kind of stupid and we don't like it anymore but <laughs> I do think that like that would make for a more interesting experience within Galaxy's Edge. Still, don't go like day one. Day one is, you know, they they don't know what they're doing. Day one, it's going to be a mess. I think what you I, said. Uh, I'm sorry, go ahead, go ahead, Josh. I, it's fine. You're talking about Galaxy's Edge, and I went uh, like day two, both of Galaxy's Edge and or week. I went week two of Galaxy's Edge, and then day two of uh, Rise of the Resistance opening, and. I, I fully agree with what you said, Ryan. Like, it doesn't work for everybody. 
But I also fully agree with what you said. Like it, it was more interesting. Yeah. Totally. Like if you're the super nerd, that's what you wanted. Sure. And then to have it be removed is like, oh, bummer. Like I guarantee this this Star Wars hotel is going to be like way cooler. Not during the beta test where they have like just the media people in, but way better. Like like that first real month than it will be in a year from now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and they they're so much reliant on this is a whole other podcast. They're so much reliant on the actors that are playing characters that are like working on the ship, huge interacting with with people that like they need that week, that month to like get in the rhythm of, of totally. what kind of things people are going to say to get the best like characterization out of it. A hundred percent. I mean, do you remember the first time? Like, I don't know if you guys ever waited tables or anything, but like the first time that you're waiting mm-hmm. tables at a restaurant, you're a you're a mess. Yeah. Yeah. And like, you know, totally. couple, you know, a month later, two months later, once you have your shit together, it's, you know, it's a whole different story. You're a much better waiter. Yeah, yeah it's true. So I think it's I think what we're saying here is that don't be first. It's it be the, like you mentioned, the quality of the content will always be better than just being like, I ate the, the sushi donut. It tasted like sushi instead of being like, you know, able to just sort of breathe a little bit and be like the sushi donut tastes like the same sushi that I get at you know, the AMP, but or the, Publix. The, the, pub, the Publix in that yeah. case, you know, <laughs> I don't know if AMP exists anymore. Um, <laughs> no, I don't think it does. No, but that sushi tastes like the it one from, like the AMP. from the AMP. <laughs> anyway. So, uh, um, look, I've already finished my wine. How yeah, are you guys doing? It's, it's we're, we're, the sun is setting. The sun is my setting on our glasses. Uh, this was such a fun conversation though. I could do this all night long. I, I, I feel like I didn't get enough enough yeah josh you'll have to come um, back we'll, yeah, you'll have you to come have back to and we'll, back, we'll talk yeah. about something we'll talk about something more fun oh we're definitely having you back because the, I, we could do this all day um, uh you just will have to come back here to orlando <laughs> and we'll do like a live one. Oh yeah somewhere like like in the park somewhere it'll be ridiculous ryan and i've been talking about that yeah, yeah yeah there's a possibility with that that's definitely a possibility we can figure out how to make it not sound like horrible <laughs> horrible we'll, Hor- figure, we'll figure it out horrible horror nights yeah, yeah. Um, just, just do it. Do it at the um, Rainforest Cafe in Animal Kingdom. No one's ever there. <laughs> if we said broadcasting live from the Rainforest Cafe in Animal Kingdom, <laughs> that would be the final in, episode of the podcast. In, in all honesty, nothing would make me happier. I would bring in all my equipment. They wouldn't care. It'd they wouldn't care. No, it's, they go rogue there. <laughs> they would just happy you're there. Um, so Crash. Josh, thank you so much for joining us. Like I said, Josh can be found on TikTok. Do you, are you on anything else, Josh? Uh, Instagram, but I'm not very interesting. Okay. Well then we'll stick, uh, stick with TikTok. It's, it's at Josh Rosenblum, J-O-S-H-R-O-S-E-N-B-L-U-M. Um, I, I just really think you should follow him because he's a, he's a really nice guy and he, and he gives honest opinions. And I think, that was it. Thank you again, Josh. Um, yeah, the Dark Ride thanks. presented by Drunk Distory is available every Wednesday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else podcasts are available. The show is free, but you can pay us by simply liking and subscribing, giving us a five-star rating and review, or just telling a fellow theme parks loving friend to listen. Email us questions or shout-outs at drunkdistory at gmail.com. And please follow us on Instagram and TikTok for lots of great Disney parks content and theme parks content at Drunk Distory. As always, thanks for drinking theme parks with us. Cheers. Cheers.